It's the last week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, so it's our final chance to check in with Dr. Andrew Hafes, a resident aquatic biologist this year, and we discuss what might happen this winter with potential winter kills. So, like I said, it's got to be a shallow system that's extremely productive because decomposition keeps going. Mm-hmm. So if the, you're shutting off the O2 inputs, but O2 is still being consumed by the organisms and decomposition and things, that's when the problems happen. So I think that's where everybody was going with this question with the heavy snowfall. But there's lots of other impacts to the system as well than just the potential for a winter kill. So, And we were so busy last week, we missed a lake of the week, so let's do it today. It's uh, got a reputation of being a really good lake, particularly for walleye and yellow perch. Um, but it provides opportunities for a variety of different fish species. It's all coming up next. I got my fishing pole keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye perch. Trout and bass And if you don't like fishing You can kiss my four-stroke Right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble At the thought of me When I'm fishing Paul Bunyan Country This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country Lake of the weekday Lake of the weekday Lake of the weekday Holy cow Our Lake of the Week today is Round Lake And we are checking in with Dave Weitzel He heads up the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office Dave, thanks for joining us today Yeah, anytime So Round Lake is over uh, near the city of Squaw Lake And a pretty well-known lake And has been uh, usually a very good fishing lake over the years yeah, it it has. It's uh, got a reputation of being a really good lake, particularly for walleye and yellow perch. Um, but it provides opportunities for a variety of different fish species. Let's start with the walleye. As I was taking a look at uh, the most recent survey I have in front of me, and that was from 2013. Have you done one since then? No, uh, that's the last time we've been out there, but we do have plans to uh, be out there um, over the next couple of years to, to kind of determine the current status of the fishery. Okay. Well, you were getting over five fish a gillnet as far as walleye go, which is a good solid number, but the thing that really surprised me was the the uh, size, an average weight of 2.43 pounds. That's that's a good size walleye on average. Yeah, it it sure is, um, and that wasn't always the case in Round Lake. Uh, once upon a time, it was kind of known for uh, producing smaller fish, and, and at times it would be inconsistent depending on the year classes that had been produced. Uh, but the lake had been managed with a uh, 17 to 26-inch protected slot um, for a number of years now, uh, and that's really increased the number of larger walleyes out there. Uh, but the good news is that we actually see um, good production of younger fish as well. So it, it typically has a good mix of uh, smaller fish for anglers to harvest, but also um, good opportunities for those larger fish. Is that slot still uh, in place there? Yep, for the walleyes it is, yep. Well, you know, why mess with success, right? Right, <laughs> although with our slot limits, uh, we do... Um, always reevaluate those. Um, so after our next assessment, we'll revisit it uh, and see if uh, the lake would benefit from any adjustments to the slot limit and kind of cross that bridge when we get there. 
Um, but up to this point, I think we've been fairly happy with the results, and um, the feedback that we've got from most in- anglers indicates that they're happy with the results as well. Now, you mentioned the perch as well. Let's talk a little bit about those. Plenty of them and, and good sizes, too? Yeah, in fact, uh, it's not at all uncommon for us to sample perch up to 12 inches out there. Wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a nice fishery. Perch are a good-tasting fish, and obviously uh, a fish full of perches or a lake full of perch is also good news for walleyes and other predator fish. Yeah, it it really is, um, you know, and uh, sometimes when we're managing for predators like northern pike or walleye, uh, we'll see our perch numbers drop to a, a lower level than we'd really like to see. Uh, but that really hasn't been the case in Round Lake. Um, in fact, last time we were out there, we were still somewhere around 30 perch per net. So it seems like the conditions are good for perch out there, and it's certainly able to keep up with the number of predators. Um, speaking of predators, you got a lot of northern pike out there, and uh, despite that, still have a decent size average of 2.42 pounds. Yeah, uh, and, and there again, um, the lake had been managed with uh, kind of an experimental pike regulation for about a 10-year period uh, beginning in 2007, uh, and, and it was kind of a, an introductory case to try out um, this concept of allowing higher harvest to smaller pike, very similar to what the zone regulation looks like today. Um, so we, we allowed anglers to keep nine pike, uh, but had a 22 to 36 inch protected slot for about 10 years. Um, and it had a pretty good effect where uh, we certainly saw much larger pike than were traditionally the case in Round Lake. Um, kind of fast forward to around 2016, 2017, uh, we reviewed that regulation and decided that it was close enough to the new zone approach uh, that we've dropped the special regulation just to make it consistent with the other lakes in the area. But I think it provides some pretty good insight to how this new zone regulation might uh, impact some of these lakes with high numbers of small pike. At least in the case of Round Lake, it's pretty encouraging results. Lake of the Week is Round Lake. We'll have more with Dave Weitzel next. Some people say fishing is overrated. For the record, they are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. It is Lake of the Week Day. Dave White's along with Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office. My guest discussing Round Lake. What about crappie, bluegills, other panfish, anything? Yeah, actually, um... The crappie fishery can be outstanding at times. Uh, probably the only drawback to the crappie fishing out there is that uh, we don't get um, consistent reproduction. And, and that's very common in northern Minnesota. A lot of our crappie lakes only produce a good year class once every three to five years. Uh, so it, it's kind of all about the timing on Round Lake, but if you time it uh, so that there's a strong year class of fish that are between um, let's say five and seven years old, there's some tremendous opportunities for crappie fishing out there. Uh, and they grow pretty fast, so fish up to 12 inches haven't been that uncommon in the past. Um, uh, with the bluegill, it tends to be lower numbers, uh, but when you have low numbers of bluegill in a productive lake, you can grow some really large ones. Uh, so there again, a 9 to a 10-inch bluegill wouldn't be out of the question on Round Lake. Sounds like it's just one of those lakes that uh, it's just a healthy fishery. It's got a lot of good things going on. 
It, it really is. People kind of uh, really focus on the walleyes and maybe forget about some of the other great opportunities that are out there. Uh, but it's definitely a great multi-species fishery. It's a it's a good size lake, not a huge lake, but a good size lake, twenty eight hundred plus acres. Um, and I'm assuming, uh, based on what I know about that lake, it's fairly well developed. Yeah, uh, it's fairly well developed, but I wouldn't say uh, extremely developed. There there are some uh, fairly long sections of shoreline, especially on the western side, that don't have a lot of development. Um, you know, certainly the eastern and north shoreline, uh, a little bit closer to town, are fairly heavily developed. Okay. Um, and if we wanted to get on that lake, where is the public access? How do we get there? Well, there's a couple of accesses to choose from. Uh, there's one uh, that's about two miles west of State Highway 46 off County Road 149 that's located on the north side of the lake. Uh, and then there's another one right in the town of Squaw Lake um, that's directly off of State Highway 46. Both of them have uh, concrete ramps and um, a fair amount of parking, so uh, pretty good accesses on the lake. I'm assuming it gets pretty good pressure. It, it can, yeah, especially uh, it's, it's one of these lakes that can have a real hot bite and word will get out about it, um, both summertime and, and ice fishing. Um, so at times it, it can get a lot of fishing pressure. Okay. Uh, any concerns on the lake these days? Uh, not, uh, not anything specific. Like I said, we're going to continue to monitor the walleye slot limit and see if that would benefit from an, any kind of an adjustment. Uh, at this point, we've been fortunate enough to not have any kind of exotic species in the lake, um, so that's something we always want to keep an eye on. Uh, you know, definitely remind boaters to to be sure that their boats are dry and um, uh, clean of any vegetation, things along those lines, to, to try to keep that lake uh, invasives free. Some lakes seem to be a little hotter at certain times of the year. Does this have a specific time of the year that it seems to be the lake everybody wants to go to? Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it's got a lot of shallow water, and it's, like I said, it's, it's pretty fertile, so it'll green up uh, earlier in the spring than some of our other lakes do. Uh, it also warms up fairly fast, so that makes it a really good uh, lake from, like, fishing opener through the end of June. Um, that's kind of prime time out there. Uh, again, in the fall, it can be really good, and at times it can be really good for ice fishing, especially for the panfish. I see there's some structure on the lake. Uh, how deep does it get? Uh, it's actually got some spots that are 51 feet deep, but, mm. but that's kind of the exception to the rule. Most of the lake is shallower than that. Um, you know, probably depths of 12 to um, maybe 20 feet would be fairly common out there. But like, like you mentioned, there's a lot of structure on the lake. All right. Is it, are, there, are there any resorts if you got guests coming, or is it all private residences? No, there, there are several resorts on the lake, um, especially on the east and uh, along the south shore. So uh, there's some resorts to choose from. Okay. Good lake, though, uh, one that I, I know it comes with high recommendations. I hear good reports about it throughout the year. Yep, yep, definitely. All right, it is our Lake of the Week Round Lake near Squaw Lake. And Dave Weitzel from the Grand Rapids Area Fisheries Office with all the details. Dave, thanks for taking time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Up next, the final question of the year for the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes. There are three seasons in Minnesota. Fishing, ice fishing, and hell on earth. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country.
Aquatic Biology. Well, time once again to talk to the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Haves. And Andy, you're telling me you're getting ready to go back to school, so that means we're thinking fall, and then when fall comes winter. <laughs> Don't uh, talk about that. <laughs> I know. Because we're Hopefully just we have a getting, fall this year. I hope so, because we're just getting over last winter now. Right. Um, there, was a, there was a lot of things that happened last winter. I mean, there was a ton of snow on the lake, you know, on the uh, on top of the ice, and it was a very severe winter as well. So let's talk about those winter effects. Have we? Have you heard of anything specifically to this past winter that was that that affected fish? Well, so I think typically when you think about snowfall on a lake, uh, I think we've talked a little bit about this in the past on this show that, especially smaller lakes uh, or ones that have that are very shallow. Uh, if there's a lot of snowfall for a long period of time during the winter, it can shut down photosynthesis. There's no more oxygen being produced. And so if there's enough decomposition going, it can actually cause a winter kill in smaller mm-hmm. systems. So maybe some of the walleye rearing ponds around the area where they want those winter kills to occur, and maybe they had a good year this year, very suitable for those walleyes okay. to rear in those. Um, you, you didn't hear anything about any specific lakes. I know there was there was some concern last spring. I heard from DNR people there might be a winter kill here. There might, but I never uh, heard anything. I didn't hear it. anything about it either. Okay, uh, but I would have expected that there was more of them last winter or this coming spring than other years, just because mm-hmm. of that snowfall depth and how it shuts the light off, kind of turns the system off. And and that's kind of the key, from my understanding, is it's more the the amount of snowfall and how much it's blocking out the sun through the ice than it is how cold it gets outside. Right. The snow is what shuts – it's how much light is making it through. And then – so like I said, it's got to be a shallow system that's extremely productive because decomposition keeps going. Mm -hmm. So if you're shutting off the O2 inputs but O2 is still being consumed by the organisms and decomposition and things, that's when the problems happen. So I think that's where everybody was going with this question with the heavy snowfall. But there's lots of other impacts to the system as well than just the potential for a winter kill. So let's talk about some of the bigger lakes a little bit. Okay. Bemidji, we're not at risk of a winter kill. Uh, I imagine the anglers had a tough time. I didn't hardly get ice fishing at all during the middle of the winter just because of how deep the snow was. I had a good friend who didn't even get the ice house out. Right. Right. So... Just think about how much less fishing pressure there was on Lake Bemidji last winter than a normal winter, or one that's got exceptional ice for a long period of time. Right, just massive amounts of fish that are harvested in good ice years in comparison right. to bad snow years. So, and that might account for the very good uh, soft water season we've had on Lake Bemidji so far. Could yeah, because there's a lot of fish that that were there. Right. This spring that may not have been. Yeah, I mean, harvest is down. It's from the winter. There should be more available than the following year. So mm-hmm. I think that's a one of the larger influences that snowfall can actually have on these area lakes that are fished heavy. That's a, okay. a pretty big influence on fish populations. Okay. Um, but again, cold temperatures, 50 below, as much as it affects us, fish couldn't care less, really. That water temperature is the same on yeah. the ice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, the cold temperatures change the duration that the ice is there. And I remember, I think it was not this past spring, but the one before that when we had really late ice. It was so late that it, I, I heard from people that were monitoring spawning of populations that all of the fish were kind of stacked up and spawning right on top of each other instead of having this wave of perch, then walleye, then, you know, 
Mm-hmm. They were very cramped. <laughs> and a longer ice year, and that can change some things too. Now, what what, what could that change? Well, it means it, maybe not as pro- lots not, of things. Right. So yeah, there may not be as good of um, fish take, uh, for lack of a better term, because there's too many people or too many fish hanging out in the same area at the same time. I don't know. Well, so, I mean, that spring also had a very quick warm up period. So uh, maybe there's different growth patterns for those little tiny fish that have just hatched, right? And oh, okay. It, then it could also potentially. I mean, if you have a walleye that is supposed to be big enough to eat a perch, um, but because they spawn at the same time, maybe that dynamic is off a little bit. That could cause some issues, too, with that, uh, some of your classes. But okay. uh, <laughs> there's just so much going on when you have everything spawning that close together in comparison to a normal year where they're kind of spread out a little bit more. So that was another kind of influence that I heard of a harsh winter on fish populations. Now you you talk about the smaller lakes um, that 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 could be really affected by the snow and cause those winter kills. Do those tend to be lakes that do not have flowage through them? Uh, I, I always tend to hear of those that that get it more than those that maybe have a river coming in or out of it. I think you're on onto something there. Um, I haven't heard much about it one way or the other on that. I just the flow through has to help, right? Because you're providing water that has O2 in it, uh, so. It yeah, would at least eliminate the potential for a complete winter kill of that system, or at least the fish could move <laughs> and, okay. and get out of there um, before it gets too bad for them. So. Okay. And really, there's very little we can do about this one. If the snow comes, the snow comes. There's not much we can do. It's supposed to happen in these systems, right? Yeah. So the shallow lakes, uh, it's just a normal process. It's not a good or a bad thing, right? We've just found ways to use it in the area here to to rear the walleye very effectively because after a good winter kill, there's no competition for those walleye in there anymore. So they can eat all the insects and everything that's available to them and grow really fast. And, and when you say winter kill, I mean, we're not talking 100% every fish dies. It can be. Okay, so then how do you – I mean, then, then it's a stocking that you have to do to, to rejuvenate the, the population? That's a good question. How <laughs> okay. bullheads get where they get after systems are fathead minnows, right? People are good at moving fish around, and I'd have to speculate a little bit on those things. But, yeah, it can be. Uh, sometimes you'll just see lakes that have just bullheads because they're more tolerant to low DO levels. But okay. it can be bad enough, though. That could kill all the fish. Wow. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty rare, though, uh, that everything dies. I know there's there's been – I hear a lot about partial winter kills on a fairly regular basis, you know, with winter yeah. up here. But uh, Well, I mean – Remember the scale of the lakes that we're talking about here, too, and the depth that they have. Yeah. You can have lakes that freeze solid all the way, right? So that's the extreme, right, when you get this. And that's a different type of winter kill, right? There's yeah. just no water available anymore. <laughs> it's not a DO problem. Wow. But, um, so the deeper you get, the safer the fish are, typically, Okay. from the winters. Dr. Andrew Haves talking about winter, something we hope is a long ways away, but uh, sure. fall is definitely on the way as he's getting ready to go back to school. Yep. Andy, thanks for uh, spending some time with me before you're stuck in the classroom all day. Oh, not stuck, no. Oh, no, you like it. Yeah, I know you love right. your job. Hey, Andy, thanks for your time uh, today and, and this year. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to next year.